Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. The LA Kings have acquired Kevin Fiala from the Minnesota Wild. This episode is an instant reaction to the trade. Zach and I recorded it around 3.30 in the afternoon. We'll have a more comprehensive look at the type of player Kevin Fiala is and what we can expect from him soon, and hopefully get a chance to welcome Kevin to L.A. as well. But I wanted to make sure we covered the trade when it happened. So keep your eyes on the podcast feed, Kings fans. It could be a busy month. Well, the L.A. Kings have traded Brock Faber, their first round pick, 19th overall in the upcoming draft to Minnesota for Kevin Fiala. Here for an instant reaction, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, busy day here yeah. in Fiala. Oh, wow. Lowercase wow. F-I-A, capital L, capital A. Oh, I'm so LA annoyed. Kings, I'm so annoyed that I didn't think community. of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wasn't you, giving you a second chance to do it. I was hitting it right off the bat. You can't Fiala. spell you can't spell Fiala without LA. You're damn um, right. Un- unbelievable. All right. Well, well played. Well played. Uh so all right. Well, let's just start with you first impressions before we dive into it on the trade. Look, I think that we all knew that a priority of the Kings this offseason was to add a top six forward. Um, exit meetings kind of led us down that road. The Kings wanted to find ways to score more goals, and they get one. Uh, they get a top six forward who is not past his prime by any means. He is no. 25. He is entering his prime, a terrific age range for the LA Kings to acquire. They're getting a 30 goal scorer. They're getting an over a point per game player. Um, and they're getting a player who went acquired um, under team control. Um, so a lot of really good things from the point of who the Kings got. And in terms of what they gave up, um, you know, obviously everyone's going to be attached to a first round pick, um, and rightfully so. Um, but if you look at the prospect that they gave up a very good one, but they dealt from a position of strength. We've talked a lot about the strength and the depth on the right side of the back end. Um, you could argue that the Kings have six NHL ready, right shot defensemen, not counting Brock Faber. Um, so although he was a very, and still is a very exciting prospect, um, you know, at some point that was a position the Kings probably had to deal from and it's the move they made today. And I think it's a very exciting one for the Kings. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with a minor correction um, in, in line with my concern over the 50 contract limit. Um, okay. Okay. He's 26. Like I understand that today yeah. when we're talking about this, he's 25, but his birthday is July 22nd. He'll never play a single game for the LA Kings while he's 25 years old. Like there's a minor. I said he did. No, no, I, I, no, I, I know. I'm just seeing. I'm just seeing a lot of people saying like, "Oh, he's 25." And it's like, yeah, but he's 26. 
I've heard um, that uh, doesn't make any difference. Twenty six, right? That's the that's the year these days. The peak is actually twenty four, statistically speaking. But whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just throwing it out. There. <laughs> um, my perspective on this is I love the player. Right, first things yep. first. If you're just mm-hmm. looking at it from a team that gets the best player wins sort of perspective, yeah, King, Kings win this trade hand down. Right, Kevin Fiala mm-hmm. is a good player. Um, mm-hmm. Don't mind the cost, as you said. Brock Faber is a theoretical asset. Um, and an asset in the absolute, not only the deepest part of the King's prospect pool, but the highest value, right? Potential pool, right? Right shot defensemen Mm -hmm. are rare, for sure. Rare. And the Kings have too many of them. I think we said there's eight or nine of them. So to trade Brock Faber when we have Brant Clark, who will presumably one day replace drew dowdy when we still have five years left right like if everything goes right. even to 80 percent right. of the plan drew dowdy is slowly replaced by brock faber excuse me <laughs> brant clark um well, if everything goes according to plan yeah they're playing, they're playing together right they're yeah no for sure but i'm like lineup. i'm saying yeah. like 10 years 10, from 10 years like down the road 2032 yeah. brant clark mm-hmm. is winning norris trophies and you know yep drew dowdy has a statue and is drew well Gosh, ten years from now, Drew Doughty could still be playing. Twenty yeah. years from now, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, wouldn't doubt it. Um, so that was the that was a joke. I was yeah, yeah. For, but, yeah. So Roy Walker, everybody knows the name. Jersey Spence. We've seen what Spence can do. Grands, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. you know, is Brock Faber going to be good? Yes, potentially. And if he does, if he has a Hall of Fame career with Minnesota, that'll be a conversation for a later date. But Kevin Fiala is very good. Um, so not concerned about that. First round pick. 19th overall yeah we've done four episodes now where we talked about what kind of player the kings could get and at 19 overall you're looking at a guy who could be very good and could Mm -hmm. be decent could be good could never play a game in the nhl yep who knows so don't mind that um the only hitch is uh minutes and cap space because obviously he signed a well it hasn't officially been announced, but it is widely being reported that he signed mm-hmm. a seven-year contract at $7.9 million. And he played, I think, around 18 minutes for Minnesota last year on their second line. Presumably at that cap hit, he will be... He's a top six forward. Without right? a doubt, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen some speculation. Granted, it's the internet. There will be speculation about everything. But I've seen like, oh, Fiala, Byfield, and Grunstrom on the third. I'm <laughs> like, no. No. Kevin Fiala is a top six forward. Yeah. He scored 33 goals last year. <laughs> right, and 85 he points. He will be playing yeah. in the top yeah. six. I think he's the third highest paid player on the team right now. So he's not. Yeah. Now, he may wind up playing. Like, it may work out that just for chemistry reasons, he isn't playing with Kempe and Kopitar every minute of every right. game. Sure. But but he, presumably at that price point and for what they traded for him, he will be given power, PP1 opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you'd like to think that he'll play with Kopitar and Kempe on the top line. So then, again, the only hitch, the only sort of curve that I had to talk myself around was then, what does that mean for every other player down the depth chart? And what that means from my perspective and what we were talking about right before I hit the record button is we have seen reports already today that that it is believed within the hockey reporting community that the Kings are, quote unquote, not done. And mm-hmm. I think that that is probably true. And we see the success that the Colorado Avalanche had in rebuilding their team yep. heavily through trade and free agency. And now you see with the Kings, Janot, Arvidsson, um, Fiala now, 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that there's any reason. I, I know that there's an impulse to look back at how the Kings built, you know, in 2012 and be like, well, this, you know, try and make one for one connections yeah. and moves. But like that was a unique period in time and in history. Those mm -hmm. trades, a lot of those trades can't happen anymore for a number of different reasons. So um, I am, I am okay. Like I'm excited to see Kevin Fiala play in LA. He sounds like a player who's very fun to watch. And I'm now even more excited about the next two weeks because of what I think this trade means for the rest of the roster construction. So I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, you plug arguably the biggest hole that was out there, right? Yeah. Um, Todd McClellan talked a lot on defense this year about the batting order. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps this move slots people beyond now Kevin Fiala into the proper spots in the batting order. And if you take a player who was successful or even passable playing in the top six and you put him on the third line, you just made your third line a hell of a lot better. So you're, in, you're, you're incrementally improving other areas without even adding someone for that spot. You're just moving things around. And what I also like that it does is it's an established player who is a top six forward. You're not banking on anyone who will or is slated to become a top six forward being that out of training camp. Right. It gives the younger players an opportunity to prove that they demand that spot. We're not just going to give that spot to anyone. So if you look at, say, a guy like Arthur Kaliev, outstanding rookie year, 14 goals, he's not going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders to produce as LW1 off the bat. Or if he is, it's because the Kings might distribute things differently between lines one, two, and three. He's going to have the opportunity to grow from a fourth line player, maybe to a third line player, or from 12 minutes a night, maybe to 14 or 15 minutes a night. And then he'll have the opportunity from there to say, okay, I'm going to blow past this and I'm going to claim a top six spot. He's not just going to be handed that spot. And I, I think that's really important too, of how it kind of shuffles out the rest of the forward position. And then to your point, I think you're completely right. It sets up a very interesting next couple of weeks for sure. A um, lot of restricted free agents out there. Um, and I, I still maintain that the Kings have the utmost flexibility, right? I think. Yeah, no, they do. That I've said from the beginning is the Kings can do whatever they want with their assets and their cap space. And I, I, I think that this trade one proves that that is true. They added an $8 million player still have a lot of space remaining. And they can still do just about whatever they want, though that would require something, other moves to come with it. So, it yeah. So I'm I'm looking at the at the roster according to Cat Friendly at the moment, and without Adrian Kempe on it, uh, presumably he will be signed to an extension. But mm -hmm. the way I imagine it right now, assuming more know and Arvidsson stay together as a line to start at least, right? Like you mentioned flexibility, now you have the opportunity to try all sorts of things, but. Assuming that Moore, Deneau, and Arvidsson maintain uh, their play, then Fiala, Kopitar, and Kempe should be given every opportunity as your top line. And that makes, in my mind, Ayafalo, Byfield, and Kaliev your, top, your yep. top candidates for the third line. Yep. Um, and then the only player I have beyond that under contract is Blake Lazat, um, fourth line center. And you know, whether it's whether they bring back Lemieux and Grunstrom or Jad, and, you know, whatever combination of players, they'll, they'll have to figure something out. But mm -hmm. I follow Byfield and Kaliev. The reason I bring it up is to say that it, the acquisition of another top six forward in his mid twenties, um, it, it paints the rebuild in a different light. 
<laughs> I'm trying, I'm obviously struggling to figure out how I want to say this. Um, I think a lot of people expect when they hear the word rebuild that, oh, you rebuild because you get a guy like Nathan McKinnon. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you wave your magic wand, you snap your fingers and hey, look at that. Connor McDavid's 24. Now it's time for Edmonton to contend because they rebuilt and they have a star. I don't think that's how in a cap era with 32 teams, I don't think that's how it works. So you get a guy like Quentin Byfield who isn't Connor McDavid. And I don't say that as an insult to Quentin Byfield. It's just nobody's Connor McDavid. Nobody's Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you have Connor, you have Quentin Byfield, you have Brant Clark, you have Arthur Kaliev, you have Helgi Granz, you know, Jordan Spence, a bunch of guys under the age of 20. I'm not making a talent comparison. I'm just saying age-wise. And they now have three or four years, right, to grow into the kind of players that the, that the, the Kings are currently adding, right? So Deneau, mm-hmm. Fiala, Arvidsson, et cetera. You know, Fiala just signed a seven-year contract, but Arvidsson's got two more years. Kopitar's got two more years. Uh, Lazat's got two more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. players don't stick around forever. So... As in turn, I don't think. I guess what I'm getting at is, I don't think it disrupts the the rebuild. If anything, I think it adds more scaffolding to allow the rebuild, the roots, the the new foundation of the rebuild. Maybe Fiala becomes part of that foundation, right? With a seven year contract, he'll mm-hmm. be here. I think that makes him the longest, the player with the longest contract, right? Because Dowdy should have only five years left. I think. On uh, on cap friendly, he's the only one who goes has the arrow point goes off the page. page. He's, <laughs> right. he's the longest. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Phil Deneau and Drew Doughty both right. have their contracts up at the end of 2027, and mm-hmm. Kevin Fiala has the arrow going off the page. Uh, it, assuming everything is correct, there it would be 2029. So yeah, would you know if this reported deal is is indeed correct, would be the longest tenured player in the organization. So I can hear the Royal half rolling his eyes and making fun of me from here. But if we talk, if we start looking at a core that extends right past the next three years, we're now looking at theoretically Byfield, Clark, Fiala, Deneau, and Dowdy. Well, yeah. um, But I don't think this move is just made for that either. No, 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 no. That improves the core in 2022. Absolutely. Immediately. Right. Like a team that, made the playoffs was within one game of ousting the a Western conference finalist and you add a 30 goal, 80 point player. Um, and that's maybe the beauty of Kevin Fiala's age range, right? Like he fits yeah. into the core as it stands presently. He makes the team better in the present, but they didn't add a 34 year old player with an expiration date. They added a 25 year old player who will be 26, uh, which comes after 25. Uh, if your math is uh, iffy um, to the core, yeah. who won't be 40 years old when his contract expires. And that's important. He kind of fits both sides of what the Kings are doing. And if you're going to give up two good assets, that's the kind of player you want to bring in. Yeah. And that's sort of what, yeah, you, you said far more eloquently what I was trying to get at, which is there is a way that you can trade, you know, Jim Fox always talks about getting closer to the playoffs, but further from the cup. And I mm-hmm. think, I think frequently when you trade a first round pick, you know, look at what Tampa Bay did, right? They traded a first round pick uh, two years ago for uh, I'm blanking on the name of the depth player that they acquired, but it's either Blake Coleman or Barkley Goudreau, but uh, yeah, they exactly. brought them, they brought them both in and right. probably don't win two cups without them. Right. 
Right. And yeah. and so I think it's when you have a team like the Kings who didn't win two cups in a row in the last three years, it's easy to look at trades like this and think, oh, you're sacrificing mm-hmm. a rebuild for instant help. And I, I what I'm getting at is like, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, right. Completely agree. And yeah. the fact that the Kings have stockpiled assets the way that they have, they've had multiple firsts in certain years. They've had multiple seconds in certain years. They've added prospects through the teardown trades that were made in 1819, 1920, 2021. They're at that point where you can move two for one or three for one and be okay because you have so much depth in that futures pool. Um, and uh, most importantly, that I think this deal pulls them one away from the future 50 contract limit by moving two players for one. So that's that's really important here. Yeah, and the only important thing in this deal, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm totally lost my train of thought. Sorry, there's too many tabs open on my laptop as I'm trying to look at all the different <laughs> the different angles of Kevin Fiala. Bad calls, dirty slashing. We expect a little bull on the ice, but you know when we can't stand it when we're tracking packages, looking up tracking numbers, shipping statuses that never get updated. We call bullshit. So we got Route. It's the free app that tracks everything you order online in one place. Route sends us real-time tracking updates, or we can pop into the app to see where our stuff is on an actual map. Download the Route app in the App Store or Google Play, or head to route.com to learn more. No bullshit, just great tracking. This is, a, this is I remember what I was trying to say. This is also supposedly a weak draft which doesn't mean that there aren't good players available. It doesn't mean that there aren't good players available at 19, but drafting 19 overall, you're looking at a player who might be available to join the team in 2025, 2026. Mm-hmm. Like if things pan out well, yeah. um, the Kings is to your point about stockpiling all those draft picks and prospects. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if the Kings traded back into the first round somehow. I, I maybe we go full Ricky Williams. Yeah, here. remember Ricky Williams? Where yes, the yeah, Kings traded yeah, yeah. All of their draft picks. I do for remember Ricky yeah. Williams. Yeah. I mean, that would make my job a lot easier if they just traded <laughs> sure. all five remaining picks to pick like twenty fifth overall or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but if, I could see a world where the Kings trade their second round pick and a few other players. If, if there was a player for whatever reason that they really liked that fell down to the late first round, mm-hmm. um, you know, there seems like Buffalo or Arizona that have tons of draft picks that, yeah. you know, what, what is Arizona going to do with it, nine more prospects? Um, right. I think it really plays into what you and I have agreed on all summer, which is that the Kings can do what they want to do. Like yeah. they, if they want to move to 28th overall and take one of Buffalo's, three first round picks, they have the assets to do that mm-hmm. if they want to, you know, in the situation you just described, they can do that if they want. Um, and that's probably the the beauty of the flexibility that they've given themselves with this rebuild is that they control what they want to do and they have the assets to make those moves if they feel it's the right way forward. So let's talk about the player that the Kings actually did get. We've t- talked a lot about what it means for the Kings, but let's talk about Kevin Fiala. Um, mm-hmm. He's a name that I knew, right? Obviously, everybody's heard of Kevin Fiala, but I yeah. have to confess, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an expert on Kevin Fiala. I'm not super familiar with his style of play. So mm-hmm. just looking at his numbers, uh, this past season, 82 games, 
33 goals, 52 assists, 85 points, plus 23. And the first thought I had, which is the first thought that I saw everybody have, is, okay, well, how much of that is playing with Kirill Kaprizov? And the answer is basically not at all. He didn't play with Kirill. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, uh, Yeah, this isn't a player who's a product of anyone, right? Like, he's a good player who was able to produce without playing with the with his team's best player and i think that's pretty important yeah and uh you know played most of his minutes with frederick frederick goudreau and matt boldy matt boldy's a rookie um Mm -hmm. decent numbers across the board and in previous seasons you know in the in the uh covid shortened season 20 goals 40 points in 50 games the season before that uh 23 goals in 64 games the season before that, uh, only 13 goals in 83 games, which is interesting, but a weird season for Nashville and then traded to Minnesota uh, halfway through the season. Before that, 23 goals in 80 games. Uh, and before that, and we're also at that time. point going back and talking about what a, a 21 year old player, yeah, right? Exactly. 21 year old player. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could do the same exercise with, say, Adrian Kempe. Absolutely. And it's just another one of those where players blossom at different times right and but we're talking about a guy with four seasons of at least 20 goals yeah yeah which i mean you you follow the la kings you know that 20 (laughs) goal scorers are are more than welcomed uh, yeah well what did we say last year was the first time since 2001 that they added two 20 goal scorers in one off season i mean yeah i'm not not saying kevin fiala's gonna score 20 goals for the kings this season Mm -hmm. but you know, Odds are that he, yeah. if he stays healthy and he fits in, like he he is capable of far exceeding that. Yeah, absolutely. So one down. Um, now I yes. guess based on playing time availability, they probably won't be adding another one. But um, but um, it wouldn't be far fetched to say they add an internal twenty goal scorer. True. You know, that's you had several true. guys finish between fourteen and nineteen goals this year. So to see a couple of those guys take a step as the Kings ideally take a step wouldn't be surprising though. You're right. It might be, you're running out of spots to play 20 goal scores. Yeah. So. But to your point, if Arthur Kaliev gets a little bit more power play time and mm-hmm. plays with Quentin Byfield more frequently uh, on the third line that, you know, pick up an extra six goals. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm excited about for Kevin Fiala though, is the power play uh, because he did play a ton of time on the power play with Kirill Kaprizov. But uh, he scored 18 points, if I'm not mistaken, on the power play last year, which would uh, rank him second on the Kings this year behind Kopitar with just a 22. So adding him to the power play, presumably the top power play, um, Mm -hmm. I would expect to start the year. Kopitar, Fiala, Kempe and Arvidsson, question mark, Uh, and Dowdy, I guess. Um, Two right hand shots, three left hand shots, good mix of talent. You've thought about this I, a lot more than I have, but um, <laughs> well, you add I, a 30 goal score to the mix and you hope that player improves your power play, right? Yeah. Bottom line, you, you certainly hope that that player can improve your power play. And he wasn't necessarily a power play goal scorer. I think he had five of his 33 on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously a guy who has some finishing instincts and and can maybe fit the way that the Kings will try to change their approach on the power play, which we'll have to kind of wait and see on. But certainly you have to think that off the bat, this guy's a PP1 guy. Yeah. And everything I've read about and we'll talk to somebody in the next few days about style of play. What can we expect from him? And hopefully we'll talk to Kevin Fiala himself very soon about what he hopes to bring to the LA Kings. Mm -hmm. 
but everything I've read, you know, I've said repeatedly, um, and I, I know it's easy to look up numbers and to spout them and repeat them in a conversation like this. But honestly, I don't care how many numbers he puts up. I care if he helps the Kings win. And everything right. I've read about him is that he plays a style of game similar to what the Kings have been transitioning into. Right. Mm-hmm. He's fast. He shoots a lot. He's yeah. hard to knock off the puck. You know, everybody's been sharing that clip of Josh Manson hitting him and Fiala bounces, not just bounces off yeah. <laughs> Josh Manson, but sends Manson to the ice while, you know, keeping possession of the puck. Um, yeah. So seems like the kind of player who will thrive not only with the Kings, but in the style of play that the Kings are, are utilizing more. Maybe the most important thing to get right, isn't it? Like the guys that they added last year, Deneau, Arvidsson, Edler, they all fit in. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they were the greatest players in a vacuum available, but they were exactly what the Kings wanted. They fit like a glove to the way that the Kings wanted to play. And that made good players even better than maybe what the Kings thought they were even getting, um, which is really important. So you hope that all those attributes you mentioned, which are the same ones that, that I've read are, you know, what he turns out to be. And it sounds like he is the kind of player who will fit what the Kings want to do. And, and that's, I think I agree with you more important at the end of the day than a couple of numbers um, because it means that the Kings, of the team are advancing. He's listed. He was described by somebody. And again, we will talk to, uh, to people who have seen him play more than, more than I have. Um, but I saw him described as a play driving, a smart play driving forward who likes to shoot the puck. And I understand that he's not the same person as Justin Williams, but that reminds me of a description of Justin Williams. And that's probably the most effective winger with Dustin Brown that Andre Kopitar has ever had. So mm-hmm. if you are replacing Dustin Brown, who retired, uh, you know, at the end of the playoffs with mm-hmm. a guy who sort of absorbs his, salary and can can you know replicate the style of play that he and justin williams had with andre kopitar then you know the only goofy thing that i care about beyond that is that we now have five left-hand shots in the top six but who honestly who cares it's one of those that like yeah it's a little weird but i feel like it's just the game right some yeah it's just a a curiosity more than anything else alex ovechkin plays the left right he's a right shot wing it's yeah. personal preference um you get the right player who fits the way you're trying to play and we'll figure out the the handed shots later yeah exactly so uh I'm trying to think if there's anything we could else probably oh. teach him to shoot right though yeah <laughs> probably he, he seems pretty smart we could probably teach him how to shoot right i do want maybe to Kopitar, uh, maybe Kopitar can shoot right he's, i do want to quote uh, the athletic article they had three guys grading the trade and so i just want to run that down real quick Corey pronman Really likes Brock Faber. He gives both teams a B plus on the mm-hmm. trade. Um, fine. Uh, Dom Lechizian, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, reputation. Dom, yeah, Dom, exactly. Dom from The Athletic. Dom from The Athletic. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is what he has to say about Fiala. Has been a standout since joining the Wild and broke out in a big way. Blossomed into an incredibly productive player. And though he has some defensive warts, makes up for it with his dynamic offensive ability. He's one of the league's best players at carrying the puck up ice and is excellent at creating chances in the offensive zone. That's the exact type of player the Kings need to push the team from, quote, good to great. Fiala has the capability to do that as a winger projected to be worth roughly three wins of value and immediately becomes the team's most productive forward. 
I mean, what's not to like? Pretty gives, glowing, yeah. Yeah, he gives the trade an A. Yeah, yes, it did. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Sean Gentile, or Gentile, I don't know how to pronounce Sean's name, even though I've met him a number of times. Sorry, Sean. This one, also glowing. Um, when waiting for some kind of all-in-ish move from the Kings for a bit, uh, Eichel was a pipe dream, blah, blah, blah. The thing about that seven-game series versus Edmonton, though, is that the Kings showed that they were kind of worth it. They got something nice in the oven, and adding a player like Fiala, productive, talented top-end player, was the next logical step, especially in a scenario where it didn't cost the Kings Quentin Byfield. The Kings are even more interesting mix of their in-their-prime guys, Fiala, Dano, and Kempe, slightly past that still productive, Kovatar and Dowdy, and a solid group of up-and-comers. We've mentioned all those. Uh, not sure I'd pick them to win this Pacific, but they're going to be a lot of fun. Fiala, meanwhile, made all the sense in the world for Los Angeles. If you're just a little hesitant at the contract years, contract, excuse me. If you're a little hesitant at the contract, your numbers he put up, I uh, don't blame you, but this is a 25-year-old coming off an 85-point season with the sort of elite finishing ability that Kings clearly lacked. Guys like that don't grow on trees, blah, blah, blah. He's not 25. So another A from uh, <laughs> from Sean. And uh, for, um, Sean and Dom both gave the Kings an A and Minnesota a B plus. So for and whatever that, that whatever, whatever that's important worth. from our perspective too, right? Like if this trade works for Minnesota, it's not a bad like it doesn't make no. the Kings return worse. You know, trades like, trades are not. Competitive. It doesn't have to be. No, exactly. Like you, if you if Kevin Fiala is a good fit for the LA Kings. It doesn't really matter if, if Brock Faber becomes a contributor. And I, like, that's what trades are meant to do at the end of the day. It's not a signing where it's strictly one team gaining a player. It's a trade where you're in both teams have to either feel that it's even or you're getting a little bit of an edge. So if, if you trade a good player to get good players or vice versa, that's not a bad thing, you know, for the Kings. Just means you you got a trade that helped you. If it helped another team as well, I don't think that there's any sleep to be lost over that no and it was said by many people including us that this offseason would be the true test of rob blake's creativity for lack of a better word right like he's mm-hmm. done everything pretty paint by the numbers to this point that is not a criticism that's a that is a it's the opposite right yeah, yeah that's what you ought to do right he was mm-hmm. handed a team with a lot of guys you know not producing he traded away a lot of contracts that needed to be traded away he built up a prospect pool that everybody loved and then yep. added Arvidsson, Deneau, and uh, and uh, Edler. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So this season, the question was: Okay, can he now make moves that nobody sees coming? Can he, you know, make full advantage of the prospect pool he's yep. amassed? And Brock Faber and a first-round pick for a twenty-six-year-old, eighty-five-point scorer—that's great. That's exactly the kind of trade that people were wondering, is he capable of making? You take advantage of a team that painted itself into a corner with cap space. You, you deal from a position of strength and you address your needs, like you said at the top. So yeah, this was an A plus trade. Mm -hmm. I mean, he traded for a 25 year old, 85 point score might develop into a 26 year old, 85 point (laughs) score, but uh, semantics. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody, so uh, let me see if I can find the tweet real quick. Um, because, you know, we always talk about Trevor Moore and how, yeah, he put up X amount of points, but, you know, so many of those points were done after being added to the Deneau and Arvidsson line, right? Like his value is actually greater than the sum total of his points. So here you go. 
was talking to Marcus Felino, and he cited Kevin Fiala as the Wild's best player since Christmas. Turns out that in the 50 games he's played since the holiday break, Fiala has recorded 53 even strength points, fifth most in the NHL over that span. So I, I, mean, I think when you look at puck possession metrics, they're always related strictly to even strength mm-hmm. a play. So to see that production kind of match that is extremely impressive um, and only helps a strength become a bigger strength, right? The Kings very good, even strength team. They add a good, even strength scorer. Seems like a, a good match. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you said, their priority was addressing a top six need. They filled that need. And now, you know, we don't have a first round pick anymore. Uh, so yeah. as somebody said, too bad about all those podcast episodes we recorded <laughs> talking yeah, about uh, who the Kings might take. Takes um, an article off my schedule and makes Thursday yeah. of next week in Montreal a little bit less interesting. Unless, unless they trade back into the first round, which yeah, that's the big question. What will they do? Because uh, lots of people don't think they're done. I don't think they're done. Um and uh, we've been saying it for a couple summers now, but this will be the most important and most exciting Kings offseason in a while. And uh, we're off and running. Zach, thank you for joining me. Yeah, Jesse, thanks for having me on. And uh, stay tuned, Kings fans, because like I said, we've already got two or three more episodes planned. And that doesn't include what happens at the draft uh, with free agency, dev camp, all that. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.